Perfect. This is the perfect song for what we were just talking about. Terrible masterpiece. Like, wasn't everything, maybe like one or two, everything Bruce Springsteen did, isn't he? He was just the worst. He's just terrible. And he's just, every, God, I hope D-Mac's not listening. I think D-Mac's out of town. D-Mac will want to come in and fight if you say something bad, I'm sure, about Bruce Springsteen. Just terrible. I, I couldn't help but throw it in there. Yeah, see, you. you're, you're <laughs> of the same like mine. I'm sorry. I'm sure we're going to get like uh, like a million texts from you know people. No, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen is the greatest. They'll probably tell us he's the boss. Yeah, and God, I've never liked Bruce Springsteen. Just never liked him. I you know when I was like nine, eight years old, for whatever reason, I did like because they played it on MTV all the time. The the dancing in the dark video. It had uh, the chick, Courtney Cox or whatever, from Friends in there in the front row. I don't know why. I just liked it. I mean, it's a terrible song, obviously. It's like it's like his only attempt at really singing without going, <laughs> he's like dancing, like he's doing like, you know, the white man's underbite dance. He's terrible. It's funny. Yeah, it's just a lot along with um, everything. I like this. Have to hand it to you, Dan. You really mailed it in today. I like it. It's clever. God bless you. Uh, the entire Fast and Furious series are terrible movies, but the cult following means they must have hit on something, and the commercial success can be its own masterpiece. You know, it's funny. I went and saw the new Fa- Fast X. Um, the fir- that's the very first one I saw because there's they're supposed to be making a new DeLorean, an electric DeLorean. Like, they, they brought back the DeLorean company, and I'm on the list to get one. I love DeLoreans, right? And um, so I'm intrigued, and it was supposed to be in the movie. The new DeLorean is in the movie. It was going to be like, a, you know, nobody's, it, it's going to be kind of unveiling it to the world and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, so I'm going to go see, is it going to be like, what are they going to do? How are they going to show the new DeLorean? I'm all excited, you know. So I, I, I'd never seen any of the nine previous Fast X movies. They've just never appealed to me, right? Like, when are they going to stop making these things? Um, this texture is right. Absolutely horrible. I mean, I couldn't have been more let down because one, the new DeLorean was in it for about 1.5 seconds. Charlize Theron, not to be a spoiler. Well, the movie's been out for like, what, a month or two. So it's not really spoiling anything, but she gets like mortally wounded by the Aquaman, Jason Momoa guy. Right. And she drives this DeLorean. You don't get to see her driving it. She crawls out of it. It's dark. It's at night. She can't even see the car. You can just basically see the the part of the car, the DeLorean logo lit up as she crawls to Vin Diesel's door to get help or whatever. And that's it. There's no payoff. And then I sit through the rest of this trash movie. I've got like, you know, like I'm going to watch all these trash movies all of a sudden. I was just going to say, Dan, you can tell me what movie you're going to and I'll just do something. Totally opposite. Well, and it seems like your streak is not so good lately. Well, I know, but here's the funny thing. I go to see all these trash movies, and then we have another co-worker here. His name is Michael Berman. He works over at KYGO on the morning show. 
I go and watch these movies and I see how trash they are. And then I go on Facebook or Twitter and he's posting about how great the movie is. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is wrong with you? <clears throat> Somebody says, uh, Dan wasn't the DeLorean junk. Um, it did not have a powerful engine. So, but now there are, uh, the original DeLoreans. Yeah. I had some issues. Um, I wouldn't call it junk. It has some issues that now if you buy an original DeLorean, you just have to, you know, you, you upgrade and you fix, right? Like there's some, some upgrades. Either you can swap out the engine or, you know, for a little bit, you know, 1200 bucks, $2,000, you upgrade the engine to add a little horsepower. Because it is weird, right? The thing looks like a sports car, but it's it's a the, the DeLorean, which I won't go into here, the, the story of the DeLorean car is very, very fascinating. And, yeah, just for whatever reason, and Lotus was the one that actually, you know, helped design and make the car. Um, but the engine was, they had to sacrifice some things just like that, and it didn't have, it's not as fast if, unless you upgrade it. The, the car itself is not as fast as you would think. And there's a couple other things that just need to be upgraded on it. Um, but, you know, it's not like it's a Yugo. Um, here we go. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm expecting a lot of hate. Like, so, for example, I think, I don't know if you were here, Colin, a couple of weeks ago, um, I said, yeah, Led Zeppelin and uh, Pink Floyd are the same band. Like, what's the difference between the two? And people lost their bleep. Oh, you made a big mistake there. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. People Not gonna, good. I thought people were going to be picketing outside. <laughs> they just lost their stuff. So I thought I'd get the same reaction here with uh, Springsteen, but I, I so far, one texter says, Terrible voice, Springsteen, highly overrated. Another one says, Springsteen absolutely sucks, all caps. Thank you, Dan. Happy fourth weekend. That's Nathan in Knoxville. Somebody says, um, the boss or Andrew Dice Clay. That's another thing, man. Like, um, I loved, probably because I was a dumb, you know, Teenager, I loved Andrew Dice Clay at the time. I thought he was hilarious. Well, and he was edgy, too. Yeah, he was edgy. It was kind of one of those, uh, when I was younger, I, I, I mean, I loved listening to Adam Sandler comedy, too. <laughs> because my mom would always take the CDs and throw them away. Yeah, exactly. Because I couldn't or shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> well, but so he kind of had a comeback. And I got scared to death at an Andrew Dice Clay concert. Because he had a, a, a thing where he would he would pick out people in the crowd and just roast them, right? Like just completely roast them. Well, we were going to Vegas, and um, at the time, uh, well, he's passed away, but Barry Fay was a good friend of the Urban Joe Show, and I knew Barry, and so I said, "Hey, Barry, um, do you have any connections? We want to go see." I mean, he was great, like because he would always hook us up. I want to go see Andrew Dice Clay. Can you get us tickets? He puts us front. Row, and I'm like, oh man, this is not good because my lovely wife Kimberly, who I love with my, all my heart and soul, she has a nervous laugh, um, and this it's like a cackle, and it could be problematic in that situation, and so I'm just scared to death that something's going to happen, and then what do you do? Right? Like, you know, if, if he goes after her, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was pretty scared going to that Andrew Dice Clay concert. Yeah, once the spotlight is on, it's hard to get it off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, this is interesting. Uh, Brian, our uh, resident historian, says, 
Uh, Dan Allen Berg had a DeLorean. Is that true, uh, Brian? That's fascinating. I appreciate that. Um, another one says, Judge, the kids are too soft today. I watched The Exorcist with parents when I was seven years old, and I turned out just fine. I say throw them into the deep end of the pool early, and they will swim and be successful. Well, you were seven, man. You know, my kid's five right now, almost six. Yeah, but you know what's funny is that reminds me, like, my dad, you know, he would throw us in the car when I was probably seven or eight, and we, we'd go to the drive-in, and they'd throw, they'd show three movies. We'd watch them all, and, and they were not PG. He didn't care. You're watching whatever's on, man. It's a value. It's a value proposition. I can't remember how old I was, but I was, it was definitely before I was six. My father uh, taking me to Dances with Wolves. And uh, had to cover my sisters in my eye in my eyes and uh, walked us out of the theater really angry. Why? Because the teepee? Uh, no, no. The there's a bunch of nudity. And right. Stuff well, like just that in there. But yeah. it's natural nudity. That's artful nudity, man. Yeah, you know, uh, that's art. That's I, like a Wes Anderson film. It's art. I, I was young and didn't realize why he was so angry. And then I got all I'm like, uh, okay, I still don't get it. He but was that, mad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah he nothing, was furious. There's really. How old was your sister? Uh, she well, she's twenty two months younger, so four or three. So oh, she was well, I guess. I mean, there's nothing like. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not. I mean, shit. I mean, what? I mean, what is that movie even rated? I mean, it's no Goonies for a three year old, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that movie probably rated R? It is. Yeah, Dances with Wolves is. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Dad. Springsteen is butt mud on the text line. That's uh, interesting. I had a Yugo, and my license plate was nowhere. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I always felt bad. There was a kid at our school that had a, uh, had a Yugo. I didn't feel too bad because my, my stepdad had a AMC Pacer, uh, like uh, Garth Algar drove in Wayne's World, only ours was not as cool. It was like a burnt orange. And my mom, for some reason, didn't like the way it drove, so she would... She would she would creep up on the steering wheel and drive with like praying mantis arms. I'm like, Mom, stop! You're embarrassing me. It's it's no good. Um, somebody, all right. So Time Bandits. Yeah, I I remember the movie. I don't. I remember. I remember that it was a movie. Uh, Monster Squads. You guys are coming in with this. Um, Princess Bride. I know that's a uh, that's a cult classic. I've never seen it. What was interesting was. My sister who's younger than me loves Princess Bride. And so about once a year, they bring it to, like, I think it's um, the Belco Theater. They screen it, and, like, Carrie Elways does, like, a Q&A. So you watch it with him, and I'm like, eh, I'll take my sister. I'll grab some tickets. I wonder how much they are. How much, Colin? How much do you think they are? I mean, with the build-up, I'm 25, 50? Yeah. Or 20, or, uh, 25, yeah, yeah, I'd do that. Pop, you know, take my sister, have a nice special night out, maybe buy her dinner. Joe, what do you think? Uh, because you're asking, I'm going to guess 100 bucks. It Was that a minimum 100? I think it was even way higher. I was like, Ooh. Uh, are you kidding me? To watch a movie? I was there's, just like, no. There's I think some home I, projectors that are big enough. I think it was 150 or 200 bucks to watch that movie. I love that movie, but that's that's a little much. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie. It's not like, you know, like you're going to watch Garth Brooks or you know, what Tyler, uh, Taylor Swift. Like, get out of here. Uh, Footloose, another movie I've never seen. 
Howard the Duck, the greatest terrible movie, uh, terrible masterpiece that I will still watch at least twice a year. You still watch it twice a year? How do you even do that? Like, that movie's so bad. Like, we run into most things. We'll see most things, like, on Netflix will pop up or all the streaming services or I'll just be on TV. Like, Howard the Duck is so terrible. And I even regret to say even, like, Alf falls into this because you'd think Alf would pop up. Like, there are some things that are so bad they've been relegated to the dustbin of history. Like, I don't even think Howard Duck is on DVD, brother. Like, what are you, like, are you, cra- are you, are you cracking out, like, the VCR twice a year? Patrick in Colorado Springs? I love you. I'm just curious about it. Here's another one. Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, like, <laughs> how did that get made? And how have we still not found Bigfoot? Because I used to watch, um, I used to watch... Well, I still, I'm the biggest Unsolved Mysteries fan of all time. I used to watch all those shows, and my dad told me a story about he knew somebody that hit a Bigfoot up up outside of Colorado Springs near Woodland Park. He hit a Bigfoot with a trash truck, and they had the DNA tested, and they said, we, all, we don't know what this is. It's not human, and it's not any, you know, it's not dog. It's not any, it's, it's, it's no, no species that we know. So my dad's like, so I know it's Bigfoot, and we... And we, we had a Bigfoot come to our friend's back door. So in the 30 years since then, why haven't we found a Bigfoot yet? I'm starting to believe. I'm just, I, I, I don't want to say this, but I'm starting to believe that maybe there are no Bigfoot. That maybe it's just a hoax. Maybe their Bigfoot really doesn't exist. Whoa, slow down there, Dan. I mean, people say they've seen them on trails and this and that, but there's no, after all these years and all these huntings and all these shows, there's not, there's no physical evidence of Bigfoot. Nobody's ever defined Bigfoot scat, like nothing. No, no drones flying over the high altitudes, you know, finding Bigfoot running through the, nothing. They haven't put Derek Wolf on the mission yet. (laughs) Yeah, Derek Wolf, right? He's going to go find one and shoot it and dra- with a bow and arrow and drag it down the mountain. There you go. Yeah. Well, on one of his many days, weeks off, I mean, there's only 52 weeks in a year. How many how many weeks is Derek going to take off? And then the weeks he's off, he, he's actually working half weeks. D-Max out. Like, what's going on here? Um, but anyway, um, maybe Derek can do it. But I'm starting to believe, even though my dad said... Bigfoot is absolutely real, and I was raised to believe he was real. I, I just, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's true. All right, hey, uh, we were having fun here today. I had fun a couple hours ago earlier. For those of you that missed it, let's revisit our conversation with James Marillac coming up next. A beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. Beautiful morning to talk to James Marillac. James, how are you, sir? I am great, Dan. How are you? I assume you heard us uh, giving you a hard time. Uh, well, I don't. It depends on which time. What were you giving me a hard time about? Oh well. So I was listening to Stokely and Zach yesterday, and they're trying. I don't even know how this, where this is coming from, because it's it's absurd on its face. Because you know, I like to give you a hard time. There's some mysterious family fortune. Um, we know Stokely has money, obviously. I mean, you know, he played for 15 years in the NFL. Um, you know, Zach By sitting courtside. During game one in the finals in five or $10,000 seats. He's hanging out with Peyton Manning and Sean Payton, for for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Um, you know, you all, the various guys you know, on the station, you guys, hey, you've earned it. Um, or 
poor boy. Hey, uh, whatever. I give you guys a hard time about the money. You know, you, you, we all strive to be what you guys have. But all of a sudden, I'm getting roped into this nonsense about Dan's, Dan's family got money. Dan's got money. Like, what? So I thought it was funny. It was Well, a- you've got the palatial place up in the mountains now. Well, I mean, that's that's a you know I mean that's a long know, story, but yes. Second home. That's always nice. <laughs> that's nice to have, but it's not like you know it's a long story, but yes. Uh, then, sure, there's always a long story for yours, but everybody else is just, you know, rolling in it. It's a little bit of a double standard you got I, there. I, I don't think so. But uh anyway, I thought it was I just thought it was funny. But it was <laughs> it, but it re- it leads to an is- interesting question because Colin was talking about Stokely has He's, he just never has to go to an ATM, right? And I, I said, well, it's probably like, you know, Michael Jordan or, or Peyton Manning. They legitimately, for security reasons, they don't go to the ATM because they get robbed. Because people see, certain people see people like that at an ATM, you know, you, you're, you're going to get hit up. So, they've, you know, Michael Jordan just doesn't go to the bank. It would be stupid for him to go to the bank. Um, or do you go to the bank or do you have, uh, does that just like, does your staff do that for you? Or are you in that group? <laughs> No, man, I go to the bank. I was like one of the last people to get direct deposit. I used to like getting a paycheck and going to the bank and doing the whole thing. Like, I was old school. I liked going to the bank. Now, I haven't been to an ATM in forever. I don't even know that I have an ATM card that works. And I very rarely have any cash on me. Like, my money clip at the moment, I don't have a single dollar in it. And I'm about to head out of town. And much to the horror of my father, who thinks this is ridiculous, I won't have a dollar in my pocket when I get on an airplane and leave town. I just won't. You don't need it anymore. Everything's credit card. Right. Well, it's nice to have, especially if you're on trips, you're tipping and things like that. Um, it's something to lose. That's all. It's something to well, lose. You, where are you going, by the way? I just I, There's a good question. It's, where are uh, you going? It's Lake Havasu time. Lake Havasu. And what? Uh, where are you going to stay in Lake Havasu, James? I'm just curious about this. Uh, my uh, my family has a place down oh, there. Oh, your family has a place there. How, how interesting. So we'll go down and uh, hang out, do a little boating, do a little jet skiing. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. It's it'll, you know, it'll be 115 degrees, but other than that, it'll be nice. Well, it's you know, it's cool on the jet skis, right? Uh, it can be. You know, you just jump into the water and you cool off. It, it, it's it's great. But you, we used to go at a more reasonable time of year. But you know, kids got sports and all the rest of it. July is about the only time you can get away anymore. Now, how do you tip the staff? <laughs> Venmo, Venmo. Oh, they take Venmo now. Yeah, they all have their own Venmo. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, yeah, but it's, it's Except nice. Except the butler, he's a little bit snooty and old school. He he demands cash. Well, I'm sure uh, your your pop your pops probably takes care of that. Right, um, Jeeves. Yes, Jeeves. Um, and you do go to Vegas. You go, to, but when you go to Vegas, don't you have cash on you? You go. Yeah, to, you go to Vegas at least once. That's the only time I'll have cash. Yeah, because yeah. you you go at least once a year. We always hit you up once. And you're a trooper because every time this is how the conversation goes. Like I'm like, hey, are you good for Saturday? And you're like, well, I'm going to be in Vegas, so I don't know how it goes. And I'm like completely understanding. And I'm like, I know how Vegas goes, so maybe we shouldn't do this. And you're always a trooper, and you're always like. On the air and sober in the morning and time for the show. It's like, it's, yeah. it's a phenomenon. Yeah, it, it, it keeps me under control. You know, it, it delays things a little bit for the start of the day. I go to Vegas. I will be in Vegas on the way home from Havasu, but not staying this time. But it's uh, it's easy to plan. It's Broncos bye week and it's wild card weekend every single year. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. We may, this year though could be tricky because wild card weekend, uh, that could be Broncos playing. They haven't played on that weekend in forever because when Peyton Manning was here, it was always they got a buy. They haven't been to the playoffs since the last time they played on Wild Card Weekend was the Tebow year. 
All right, so you think... Oh, that's right, because you got your pinned tweet. I was giving... Didn't taste very good. What, what I was giving everybody... It was funny. I was... What was I saying last weekend about your your pinned tweet? Uh, was everybody going to nail it? Well, yeah, but everybody else is now jumping on on that. And just all of a sudden, out of whole cloth, with no evidence, when everybody was smashing and destroying... Really quick, like, I was one of the last few because I wanted to look at the evidence. I wanted to say because... I, wa- I just didn't want to smash on Russell Wilson just for the sake of smashing on him. I wanted to see, you know, is it the offensive line? Is it the rest of the roster? Is it what is it? And then eventually, really late in the season, I said, you know, I think we've seen a really steep decline because he's not making plays he used to make. Right. I-, I really just wanted to be fair to Russell Wilson. Do I think he can play better this year with better coaching? I think he can. I think it's going to be difficult because the roster is not really significantly upgraded. But it's funny. We are seeing the same thing we've seen year after year after year with our media analysts, which is now they're jumping on what James Merrill jumped on at the end of last year. You're at least leading the band. I said, that's what I was saying. I said, James Merrill is leading the bandwagon for a change, and everybody's jumping on, even though we don't have any real reason other than there's a new coach to believe that this team is going to go from five wins now to James saying maybe wild card weekend. Um, it's an interesting phenomenon that the roster is not significantly upgraded. You could say maybe it's worse, um, but there's this hope springs eternal phenomenon. Is it, is that fair to say, James? Well, uh, no, this isn't just based on hope. And look, my pin tweet was December 28th of 2022. Yes, so it I was. I was like definitely leading the bandwagon here. And there, there are plenty of reasons to believe that it's going to happen. So you mentioned Sean Payton, clearly an upgrade. Nathaniel Hackett was in over his head, didn't have any control of what was going on. The fact that we saw a significant improvement in this team with Jerry Rosberg coaching him in the last two weeks, uh, I think shows shows that. They, they won't shoot themselves in the foot. They won't beat themselves. Russell Wilson got sacked the most in the league, 55 times, I believe was the number, and he missed a couple of games. He's not going to get hit that much. He's not going to get beat up like that. Mike McGlinchey is an upgrade. Ben Powers is probably an upgrade. To be honest with you, I, it's not like I was studying guards and knew anything about Ben Powers versus Dalton Reisner uh, prior to free agency, but he looks to be an upgrade, so their offensive line will be better. Garrett Bowles is back. Tim Patrick is back. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's a significant change. When 60% of your offensive line will be improved, when well, you're... Well, you think you hope it will be improved. Well, I mean, you really think Mike McGlinchey is going to be worse than the revolving door they had at right tackle last year? Calvin Anderson, every and year, Fleming, and every year they. Say, by the way, he struggled in pass protection. That's the knock on him. That's why the the Niners, a major reason they were allowing him to walk when they he, they drafted him. They wanted him to be their core right tackle for the next ten or fifteen years. He struggled in pass protection. They didn't think he was worth the investment. So every how many years in a row have they signed a free agent to be the quote answer at right tackle? A lot. You're right. Juwan James and Menelik Watson and it's, it's Donald it Stevenson a, a, and, and a different guy every year and uh, Billy. What's his name last year? Billy right? Turner. Yeah. I mean, every Which, year you, know, you can you can look back though and like that one should have been an eye roll, a one year deal. It's Nathaniel Hackett's buddy. Like I don't think anybody really thought Billy Turner. Uh, was going to be the answer, but you certainly heard it from from plenty of people that would were you know repeating that narrative. I don't know that deep down anyone believed it, but look, they're going to be better. And then at the end of last year, I mean, I heard Colin Cowherd talk about how uh, you know Russell Wilson just can't make the plays that he used to anymore. Did you watch the final game of the season last year when he rolled to his left and hit Jerry Judy in stride fifty five yards down the field? There's like eight quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw. 
So, you know, it, it's not as though we didn't see any glimpses last year. Now, it, we need to see more than glimpses for what he's being paid and what they gave up for him. I get it. But if you can do it in the last game of the year after getting beat up all year, uh, and when you're too heavy, that's another reason to be optimistic. He's got himself back into Seattle shape and said, hey, I want to be a pocket passer shape. That was a mistake. He identified it. He rectified it. There's no harm in going down a path thinking it's the right one. The only harm is staying on the path. So I I think Russell Wilson is going to have a great year. And you know what, Dan? I'm not going to be like some of these Nuggets fans who, (laughs) you know, are all territorial with their bandwagon. When you want to hop on, you let me know, and you will be welcome on the bandwagon. You know, yeah, we'll get to that in just a second because I was – you've you've clammed up on us on Twitter. Like, it was one of my favorite Saturday – you know, it used to be I would get up every morning and want to watch cartoons. And actually, I saw – you know, this is funny. I saw a funny – you know, meme this week where it was like, you know, getting up at 6.30 every day to go to school or 7 to go to school was just, you know, it was just excruciating. You couldn't do it. But by golly, every morning at 6 a.m., I was up no problem for uh, the Saturday morning cartoons. Right? You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. But I used to love every morning, Saturday morning, to get up at, you know, i get up to prepare for this show, and I would just go through the old James Merillat Twitter feed for the week, and it was just funny and entertaining, and it's a little harder now. You know, you've clammed up on me a little bit, but I found a nugget of information that we're going to talk about. Okay. And about, you know, give me three or four minutes here. But um, going back to this conversation, it's interesting because we say it's not based on hope. But then I go to denversports.com and I see the same narrative I've seen every year for at least, what, three years, that the wide receiver crew is in for a rebound. And it's pretty much the exact same crew. It's Tim Patrick coming off an injury. It's Jerry Judy that... Every single year we hear about what? About Jerry Judy and Corland Sutton, who's clearly in decline. There's no argument about that since his injury. And But for what what reason do we have to believe it's going to be a rebound? Oh, well, Sean Payton's going to cure everything, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I do think there's a little bit of a, uh, a belief and a hope that he is going to correct absolutely everything. And, and I don't think you can fix everything in one year. I think there are reasons to have your doubts about the receiving core. Jerry Judy has not lived up to the potential. Now, he has great potential, but, you know, potential tends to get you fired at some point, so that has to turn into results. Cortland Sutton, you're right, has not been the same guy, and you and I have talked about it. We've given him a ton of credit for going out there and playing when he's not 100%, but he just isn't the same player. Does he get closer to it this year? We shall see. Cecil raves about what he looks like at minicamp, but I want to see it in a game, and I want to see it against uh, an opponent. And Tim Patrick's coming off the same knee injury that Cortland Sutton had. So to think he's just going to be 100% ready to go, I think, is a little bit naive. I hope he is, but none of us know for sure. Uh, You know, Marvin Mims, hey, we've seen this act before, a second-round pick that's a speedster. Can he stay healthy? K.J. Hamler falls into that category. So I'm with you on the receivers. I I think there are plenty of questions, but I will say this. It's going to be better than when Russell Wilson was trying to move the football last year with – Brandon Johnson and Kendall Hinton and you know, that, that Swain guy that they brought in from, from Seattle. Like it's, at times last year, you'd look around and say, who on earth would he give the ball to here? It's, it, Latavius Murray was in the backfield. It was a hodgepodge of tight ends. Like, but, uh, t- toward the end of the year, they got into this, this, to December, and it was, it was thin at a lot of different places. Okay, but here's the, here's the thing about that. Because it was the exact same thing. It was It's the same logic that you're talking about now is the exact same conversation we were having in the beginning of last year. Oh, they're going to be healthy this year. 
So they're not going to be injured at all coming no, up in the next be, season? It's, oh. it's a matter of who's oh. going to get injured. And there are places that they they certainly can't afford to have injuries. Um, you know, did, did anybody think Tim Patrick was, was going to miss the entire year? I mean, that's a fluke. That's a bad break. You know, they, they I think edge rusher, they need to stay healthy, and that's a big gamble, too, with, with Randy Gregory. And, you know, at receiver, they need to stay healthy. So uh, offensive line, they're, they're starting five, I think, is good, but they're very thin behind them. So, again, you can't fix everything in one offseason. Correct. Their starting lineup on both sides of the ball looks good, but you and I both know that they're not all going to play 17 games. How many, uh, how many holes they have to fill is going to be one of the things that determines, hey, are they playing on wild card weekend or do they get that by? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not – I you, did, you just missed that. That I actually talked that they might get the buy on the on wild card. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the the, the buy. Well, you're, are you talking about the buy, like the buy for the whole season, or the buy like they won the division? <laughs> they're they're vying for that one seed, Dan. Oh, yeah, that's no. Yeah, uh, Derek Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, see, but bringing up Derek Wolf, for example, like some of what he was saying was, you know, we're running the promo, for example. If I'm, uh, you know, the stock analogy. I'm not being negative on the Broncos. Yeah, I think if you wanted to buy stock in the Broncos, that's a smart thing. But yeah. I'm not saying that also means they're going to win 12 games. They're a good long-term investment because I believe in what Sean Payton is going to do over the long term. But that also doesn't mean I have to put blinders on and say, well, they're going to go from five wins to 12 or 13 wins because the roster is not a – oh, and one, I just don't think they did anything dramatic enough – to improve this roster over the five-win team that it was last year and to say, well, Sean Payton's an eight-win improvement coach, I think that's a little naive. Well, they lost nine games last year, ten if you want to count the the Raider game, which was a two-point game with seven minutes to play, uh, by one score or less, right? So Every game in the NFL, for the most part, is one score. Well, I mean, and you have the Vikings who went 11-0 in those games, right? So it's like, okay, if you're looking for a team that's going to backtrack, go with Minnesota. And if you're looking for a team that's going to improve, Denver's got ten games that they had last year where a decision could have made the difference. And this year they well, have hold a on, place but hold game. on. A decision could have made the difference, and the other team, the presumption is the other team doesn't make an adjustment, another decision in turn to win the game. Uh, yeah, I understand. You're always it, making it, the it's assumption a, it's a, it's we get to make the decision to win the game, and the other team just lays down and says, oh, good decision. I guess it's over. We quit. Well, if in, against Indianapolis, if they don't throw the ball twice inside the 20-yard line and just settle for field goals or just don't do anything and don't turn the ball over, there's nothing the Colts could have done about it. So that was that was a decision. That was a bad decision. Um, you know, people talk about the 64-yard field goal. There's no guarantee if they go for it there that they get it. So um, it, it's it's – Maybe not a decision. It's a player too here. It's Melvin Gordon's fumble in Vegas against the Raiders when they're driving to go up two scores, and instead it goes the other way, and it's a 13-point turnaround because the, the Raiders missed the extra point, but it turned into a touchdown for the defense. I mean, it, it's one or two plays in every single game. I think most of that comes down to coaching. Why on earth was Melvin Gordon in the game? I don't know. Why was he on the roster? Who knows? Uh, I, I don't expect Sean Payton to put up with that kind of nonsense. I think he'll make better in-game decisions than Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett had to bring in Jerry Rosberg at the start of the year last year because they couldn't figure out how to do things on game day. That's how bad it was. So I, I just think you're underplaying how negative the, 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 the negative impact that he and that staff had. Oh, no, but I just say eight wins is a lot. Eight it's, wins it's is a seven, lot. But I get you. I'm going from 5 and 12 to 12 and 5. Okay. And if you go through the schedule, 
It's, you know, I'm not being uh, pie in the sky. They're going to get blown out in Buffalo. They're going to split with the Chiefs. They're going to split with the Chargers. I'm not, you know, they're probably going to lose in Detroit to the Lions. But there aren't a lot of games on that schedule uh, other than those where you go, whoo, that's going to be tough. I mean, they play the the Bears, who had the one the number one pick in the draft last year until they traded it away. They play the Texans, who had the number two pick in the draft. I mean, they have uh, they have some games that should be uh, should be layups. They're going to lose down in Miami. They got Washington here. That's a win. Like it, it's a it's a schedule that sets up nicely for uh, for Sean Payton in year one. All right. So last thing for you, I I, I love the Twitter because uh, you're like, oh, I just love everybody keeping receipts. What about ke- so on your your timeline? James Merrillat, at James Merrillat. Where's the old takes exposed on this one? And then you have, it's a tweet from, you know, Nuggets Coach Malone 15 days ago. You know, we all know what he said about, you know, Brucey B going anywhere. Brucey B, is he going anywhere? Yeah. Well, you know, he had a few pops in him, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it's just showing that sometimes we, sometimes we're wrong. It happens. But, you know, they had it all queued up and ready to go as soon as uh, as soon as the Nuggets wanted about me saying they wouldn't win with Michael Malone. That's fine. I've never been happier to, to be wrong. Um, but I just find it funny that, you know, that one that one sure was a, a swing and a miss. Oh, it was just bravado. It was just hyperbole. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I, now he's now he's ticking off LeBron James. I mean, at some point, you keep putting your foot in your mouth. Uh, you know, that, that's not a good thing. Was there anything new on LeBron James? Well, just that he's, you know, apparently motivated by all of the antics of Michael Malone, and he's using it for fuel this offseason. Oh, did he say something again? Yeah, it was a report on Lakers Daily or something like that. Well, maybe he's got a little Michael Jordan in him, right? He is, uh, Without he's... a doubt. That's exactly what's going on. Manufacturing something to motivate yourself. Well, that is so weird, James, because I thought, man, he was seriously considering retiring. <laughs> well, and that was one of the things that made him mad is Malone took a, a shot at him. And look, I, I get why Malone was mad about that. He, You know, LeBron came out and stole some of the Nuggets' thunder uh, after they won that series. I don't believe it was intentional, but I think subconsciously he knows how to get all the attention. Um, and so I, I get why, you know, Malone was, it was intentional, bit, but you know, careful, don't poke the bear. That's all I'm saying. Don't poke the bear. Look, the champs aren't worried about the Lakers coming back for the throne, baby. You right? know who the best team is in the West other than the Nuggets? It's Kings. the Kings. That's what you said on Twitter. Why do you, yeah. why do you think so? Why are you so scared of the Kings now? Well, it's just, I'm not scared of them, but they have a really <laughs> good young roster. It's very Nuggets-esque of, um, who, how they, how they built it. And, you know, the, the there's some, uh, some talent there. They just signed the EuroLeague MVP uh, who will be coming over. That, that sounds, you know, very Nuggets-esque. So um, they're not going out and just, you know, trying to buy a bunch of high-priced uh, free agents and put them together and hope they get themselves a good team. Uh, they're, they're doing it the right way. I think the Kings are legit. All right. Well, James Merrill, what are you doing for the fourth? You're going to Lake Havasu, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, via, via Phoenix. So I'll be in Phoenix for the fourth and then heading to Havasu. What are you going to do in Phoenix? Uh, hopefully sit in the pool. Yes, and uh, hopefully have a couple uh, a couple pops. There you go. How about gonna... you? What you got going on? Going up to that uh, palace and steamboat? Well, we are at the palace. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I'm actually uh, that. that well, actually, I'm going to talk about that next. My wife instituted a policy at 303 Law 4040, uh, a relaxation policy. I have to take at least one day off a week now because I was. You know, since that football season's over, I haven't taken a day off until this week. Yeah. Um, but my, this is crazy. It's actually up north by you. My sister lives in Longmont, and she, her neighborhood, they go insane. It's like mortar fire for, like, five straight hours. That You know, they go up to Wyoming, 
and the whole neighborhood, they go up to Wyoming and they buy, I don't know, they must, I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I would bet they spend fifteen to $20,000 on industrial-grade fireworks. Wow. Okay. And it's All a whole right. big potluck. Like, the whole street does it. It's like a, it's a block party. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but it, it is a little bit much, but we enjoy spending the time with the family. We'll do that. And then, yes, we'll go to Steamboat um, for a good five days because I need it. I need the time off. I, I love Independence Day. It's my favorite holiday. There's no pressure of... Um, you know, getting gifts and all the rest of that stuff. You tend to spend it with people that, you know, you want to, not that you're obligated to. Um, I love what they're celebrating. The weather's always good. So it's my favorite holiday. I hope you enjoy it and I hope everybody out there enjoys it. Yep, you as well. Happy uh, Independence Day holiday. Nice. I like this. It's a nice, nice one because it's we can basically start today and you go all the way through. You know, the, yeah, it's a mid- midweek weekend. holiday. You know what I mean? Can't beat it. Four-day weekend. Enjoy it, Dan. But, all right. Thanks, James Merrillat from DenverSports.com. Your chance to react to him. By the way, James, somebody says they love James on the RamosLaw.com text line. Everybody else, you can react as well. All right. Our thanks to James Merrillat. You know, I was just thinking about this guy, Uncle Cracker. I don't know why. I think, well, probably there was one of his songs on the radio, but whatever happened to him? Like, does he do anything, Colin? You know, I'm not sure. I uh, can't say that I've heard anything recently from him. Yeah. Does he sing, was he the same guy that sang All Star? No, no, that's Smash Mouth. Wait, like, so you hey, now you're an all-star? Get your game on? Yeah, what, what about those guys, too? So I, I, Smash Mouth, actually, I think I, I... I mean, this is still four or five-plus years ago. I believe they were on tour with... Uh, they had a tour a few years back. Really? So. Who's the lead singer of Smash Mouth? Did, didn't Uncle Cracker leave? Okay, I thought the lead singer of Smash Mouth, maybe... Maybe I'm wrong. Left and did some... I don't know, man. I don't know. I, no, different guy. Different guy. Okay. But yeah, you never hear of Uncle Cracker anymore. Anyway, somebody says, what does James do in Lake Havasu? I don't know. I know he has jet skis. They got a big compound out there, man. They go out there a couple times a year, and then they swing through Vegas and everything. God bless them. They got the, uh, they got the money. You know, the, I call it the, 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 the Marillac Corleone compound, right? Because why on earth is Lake Havasu, Lake Havasu is... Is, is that in Arizona or Nevada? Uh, Nevada. Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, Nevada. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I thought, well, who goes to Nevada? Well, the Corleones. Remember, they built their empire out in Nevada. They were trying to go legitimate. They wanted to get in New York. They had their compound where Michael was almost assassinated. And um, so that's why I compa- you know, compare it. They have the, the Merillat family compound out there. And I know he's talked about, you know, they, they do jet skis. They just get together as family. They have a good time. Oh, it actually is in Arizona. My bad. All right. See, I was right. You were. I was. I wasn't sure. I'm terrible with geography. It's a long. It's by California too, I guess. But yeah. S- somebody's saying. So t- a couple of people said Uncle Cracker's still on tour. And then Noco Dan says he performed at the Sterling Carnival last year, which is sad because I know a lot about Sterling. That's why I mean I lived there for two years. I went to Northeastern Junior College. Another Hall of Fame I might be able to be in. I got into, finally got into a Hall of Fame. I got in, into the um, uh, Mr. Paul's class, uh, Rock Canyon High School Criminal Justice Guest Speakers Hall of Fame. So that's my first one. But uh, I met my wife in Sterling at NJC. Sterling, if you're playing carnivals in Sterling, 
That's a pretty far cry. But being Uncle Cracker was big for a while there. You know, maybe it's like uh, rodeo. You just do it for the love of it. Right. Like, it's crazy because, like, Travis Tritt, for example, was as big as it got for a long time. And then now you'll see him playing. Sometimes he'll play a big venue, and other times you're like, God, man, Travis, take some time off, man. Like, dude, you're better than that. Shake the tail when you walk, huh? Uh, our Bigfoot conversation got a couple texts. says, um, with all the high-tech cameras we have now on our phones, why is there no HD quality pictures of Bigfoot? That's what I was saying. Like, how? We have drones? You know, because like, one of the things was, I was like, well, Bigfoot, say they, they run away anytime they smell man. Well, with drones now, why can't you just fly the drone up there and... Uh, where where is the Bigfoots in the United States are supposed to live in like uh, either Oregon or Washington? Yeah, right. Like yeah, up in the northwest. Uh, yeah, northwest. Like, can't they fly their drones there? You know, maybe maybe the one your uh, dad hit was the last one. Well, my dad's friend. Yeah, yeah your dad's friend. friend. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> Somebody else says uh, my parents know three at least three people that swear that um, they hit Bigfoots or seen Bigfoots. Like, but where's the proof? Now, see, this throws into question um, Brian. See, our, our resident historian, Brian, always says this information. Like he said, the guy that says Dan Allenberg had a DeLorean, he always says, you know, you are this year, you know, you started on the fan this date X years ago. He, I always trust his information. Now I'm wondering because he says, Dan, you attended Mortgage Morgan Community College, too, which is Factually incorrect. I don't have anything to do with Fort Morgan, other than my car broke down there one time. Like, I have nothing to do with Fort Morgan, except for my, he's now my insurance guy, but my college roommate, my freshman year, played for Fort Morgan. And so, I, I mean, I have, I have lots of friends, several friends from Fort Morgan. I always, we always stop in Fort Morgan on our way to, like, when I'm going to judge in Otis and Eckley, or if we're going to visit my in-laws in Sedgwick, like we, it's a good place to stop when you want to choke on the air or, uh, you know, get gas or get a sandwich or something. But no, I, I never went to Morgan Community College. What are you talking about? Not true, Brian. Where are you getting this information from? They were, they were so good until that one, huh? Well, now I call into question everything he says. You know, yeah. How can we believe you anymore? Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand. Yeah, somebody says about Lake Havasu, you can walk across the London Bridge. I've heard, I have heard that. I they they brought, like, some part of the London Bridge over or something like that. It's like a tourist tourist thing. Um, Brian says, Dan, I thought you said on the air you attended Morgan Community College. Nope, never, not once. Pickens Technical College, where I should be in their Hall of Fame as well. They used to have a big. You believe this? They used to have a big picture of me up when you walked in, due to my uh, academic accolades. Like, you could be the next Dan Jacobs. Yeah, I, I should. Um, I should walk in there and uh, see if the the picture's still up. See if I'm in there, or, I, or I, bring your own to replace it if it's down. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, bring in my own picture. Yeah, there we go. Well, guys, um, who is this one? Jimmy's takes on sports are up there with Dan's takes on music. Well, with that, we are done. Thank you, guys. I, I thought we had a nice, fun show today. We'll do it all again tomorrow with the easy, like, Sunday morning edition of the Dan Jacobs Show at 10 a.m. Special one. I think we got Chad Brown tomorrow along with Will Peterson. 
Thank you, Colin Zinker and Joe Goodwin. Yes, has joined us. We'll see you then. Making your day the only way he knows how. By giving you the facts, cutting through the BS now. He's Judge Dan Jay. He doesn't mean no harm. But he doesn't mind.